Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is College Basketball Friday, December 22nd. Cousin Jared, uh, we've got a few games to talk about here, and then we're off to talk about college football. So, viewer, if you're not uh, already into that, there's some more content for you. Make sure you don't mess. Otherwise, uh, how are you doing, Cousin Jared? Doing doing well. Um, you know, I, I feel like if it were baseball season, we had the all-star break. My rotation was skipped. Uh, you know, I'm a pitcher. I had a rotation skipped. I'm feeling great. I, I've got some, got some takes. I'm, re- I'm ready to go. And I, you're about to have it skipped again because I think we're about to have the real all-star break of the college basketball season. Of course, there are uh, only four games, only I think six games between Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. There are six total games. Wow. Uh, or no, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. There's six total games in those three days, I guess is what it is. Um, and so uh, we, we, we will be off a little bit from college basketball. Yeah. Uh, the timing coincides fairly well, hopefully, with uh, welcoming a little one into the world here uh, in you know about 36 hours time from now. So uh, we'll, we'll have a little bit, a little bit of time off and then we'll be back at it. So you're about to be real, real fresh, you know, with uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> already being skipped once and not being skipped yeah. again yeah. because of all the uh, all the games off. Yeah. Um, wanted to, you know, talk about doing a, more of a weekly recap. We only had two shows this week so far. We're already Thursday night. Uh, so so here's kind of how we're doing so far this week. Uh, again, it's kind of ho-hum. We, we've hit two, two of the three sides of the day. We hit our total of the day. Uh, despite missing the two totals on the show. Um, but Cousin Jared, what I wanted to talk about, and I wish I would have talked about it with Jake, and I just completely forgot, mm. is if you had seen that show and, and saw the the where we were at that point of the season, overs had a higher ROI than this, and unders had a lower ROI than this, and you can see why it's changed. This week, overs are 11 and 17, A-grade mm. unders are 10 and 3. And I and I wanted to say then, and and it, you know you might be looking at that saying, why should I be playing unders if they're break even? And my answer would have been, it's just like diversifying your portfolio. You know, mm-hmm. you you have bonds in in your portfolio. You have money in CD markets and stuff like that to kind of offset some of the risk you take in the stock market, right? And, and and we're not financial planners or advisors, so we're not trying to give any advice on that. But there are different strategies to keeping your portfolio balanced. This is a concept everybody understands. And, and my thought process was, you know, unders like have been doing okay. There's no reason not to. And they might take off and, and overs might struggle because we've seen this every year in college basketball and you never know exactly which week. But there's all, and you talked about it earlier. I don't know which show it would have been on. It'd be impossible to find it. But you talked about this at, Earlier in this season, you were waiting for it because this happened last year where there was just some random week where it's like points just dropped. And that's what happened this week. The average points per game was like solidly between 144 and 146 every week. And this week so far, it's been like 141. It's been like way lower than the first six weeks. And it's just random bounces. And that's why you kind of want to have a portfolio with some overs and unders. As great as overs have been for us on the season, the unders have been great this week so far and i don't know what will happen the rest of the week or next week but we see these random drops like that and we've had one this week i don't think there's anything to it i think it'll come back up and then back down it'll just kind of bounce all around it's just this week's been a really sharp drop so far. yeah yeah and i i would even go as far to say of the you know the 17 losses so far this week 
Um, about six of those happened in about a three-hour period. Uh, the, the night before we were recording this, two night, uh, probably two days uh, as you're watching this. Uh, and it was just like every over just went to die on mm. uh, what, mm. what would that be, mm. uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday, uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's, it's like literally a three-hour period. And if not for that three-hour period, overs or, or break even. So uh, yeah, but to your point, this happens every year and you never know when it's going to happen, but the yeah. overs are going to be rocking and rolling. And then all of a sudden it's going to be the unders that are carrying you for two, three weeks and it's going to flip back again. And that's why so far this season, if you're just playing all of them, you can see about a 3% ROI for each. So it's like we, we've been on more overs because I think the market's been slow to adjust to the rule changes and, and certain things we've talked about. But I think at this point, maybe we're starting to catch up. We're starting to play closer to as many unders as overs. Not quite there yet. Uh, as you can see this week, our distribution is a little, a little bit skewed. But um, the the overall season numbers are, you know, the first couple of weeks was like almost all overs. <laughs> so we're starting to balance out a little bit more here as we're kind of coming in, in line with the market. Uh, that's how weeks felt. That's how college football bowl seasons felt. We'll talk about that when we get to that show. But where it's just one of those like, can't quite catch a break this week, and so I feel I feel okay about this week so far. The way it's been going, uh, it's it's been ho hum, and feel like we've got one break out of twelve, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll that'll come around for us. We talk about it during downstairs all the time. But sure enough, that's what happens. You just never know when. Uh, yeah. Maybe it'll be uh, today, tonight. Who knows? But remember, ten dollars off your first month. A special. $10 off. Usually we just give out five for signing up through the show. That way I just know where you came from because I like to see where how, how we're getting people, right? And so as an introductory offer, we usually will give $5 off your first month. We can 10 right now for the rest of this year for the holidays. There's the promo code if you're with us on screen and a QR code. The link in the show description will get you there as well. And remember, don't miss out. Lock in your price forever at $25 a month. Uh by signing up before the end of the year. So take advantage of that and join us over on Dub Club. Otherwise, though, let's get to it. George Mason and Tulane got some afternoon basketball. There's a lot of afternoon games here um, on this Friday. There were several on Thursday. So, again, if you're looking for picks on all those games, we got you covered over on Dub Club. This is one that we wanted to specifically talk about. Tulane's pace. Number five, George Mason, number 325. This will be a clash of styles for sure. But as we often will point out, while 325 seems like a large number, and it, relatively speaking, it is. Uh, I mean, five would be a large number to our, our, our daughters, I, I suppose. Um, <laughs> there are 362 teams, so 325 is not extreme. It is slow, but not extremely slow. To end being five is not just fast. It is extremely fast. And while overs have struggled this week, I don't think there's anything specifically to say that means you shouldn't be taking overs this week. I think you're overreacting if that's the case. There's still some really good overs on the board. We think this is one of them. We're going to go over 158. It's an A grade. Some models projecting 163. Thinking that the pace will shift more to lanes way than George Mason. Not that it's going to be a game that lanes in the 200s necessarily, but that this will speed up a little bit. And not just the pace, but when you look at George Mason, a pretty balanced team, Tulane is anything but. George Mason will have the edge mm -hmm. on offense when they have the ball. And my goodness, Tulane will have the edge as well just because that offense is so good. Again, only counteracted by how bad their defense is. Tulane likes to play in high-scoring games. I'm guessing that's what you saw when you identified wanting to talk about this game on the show. Yes, that is that is definitely what what I wanted to talk about. I also wanted to you know throw something out there since I, I didn't get to talk about uh, UMBC in Iowa yesterday. That was the total <laughs> of the day, and how we uh, you, the way that you phrased it was this is at the edge of what the model can project. And I would have yeah. said 
we're already at the edge of what the model can project on each of these teams individually. UMBC, just in general, uh, <laughs> yeah. Iowa at home specifically. Like we're already yeah. at the edges of what sideline can do, and then yeah. add on top yeah. of them playing each other. It's like I mean, and that game easily went went over. You mentioned Iowa might score 100 points, and uh, Iowa scored 100 100 points. Um, so anyway, all of that to say. Tulane's pace, um, not too far off of uh, Maryland, Baltimore counties. They are, are way up there, almost to the point where sideline just has a little bit more of a difficult time. Uh, you talked about 325 not being an outlier. Uh, five is getting very close uh, yeah, to, yeah. to being an outlier in, in that pace area. But what I will tell you about Tulane is that they played a game last week between uh, against Furman. Final score of that game was 117 to 110 in double overtime. I, I will give you that. It, it was in double overtime. But the following game, so on Saturday, the, two days after the Furman game, they were playing Southern. Sideline says there was an A grade on the under in that Tulane and Southern game. And I was thinking, you know what? This is an excellent spot to take a Tulane under. They are two days mm -hmm. removed from mm -hmm. playing double mm -hmm. overtime against a team that was going up and down the court with them. They're going to have heavy legs. This is a bad spot for them. That game easily went over as well. There was 186 points in the Tulane and Southern game. This is one of those things where I just am not sure that they can set the lines high enough for, for these Tulane games. And so now, you know, I thought the under was a good play when they had uh, only one day of rest after playing a double overtime game. Well, here they had almost an entire week of, of rest. And I think they are going to be ready and, and rare to go and getting up and down the court. So anytime I can get an A grade on a Tulane over, uh, I am definitely going to be partaking in that. Yeah, they, the way they play is is reckless and fun. And again, it doesn't mean all overs will, will win, of course, and they haven't been yeah. doing great this week. They've been doing well, of course, this season. The model has adjusted its projected totals down a little bit based off this data. It would not normally adjust that much based off of a rough three days of overs. It, it's more so that just how extreme it is, it's kind of like trying to calibrate a little bit. And so, I, you know, my point with that being we're not just blindly playing a bunch of overs. Um, but secondly, I think kind of like you're saying, we recently went under with Tulane. And so anytime you see that, at least it makes you feel like we always talk about sometimes the model is just going to always play this team, always fade this team, always go under with this team or over with this team. And yeah. what the model is trying to say is, hey, the market's mispriced and we're going to win six out of 10 or, or 11 out of 20 or something like that. And yep. that's going to be how we make money. And that sometimes is how it plays out. That's not the case with Tulane. It's not just blindly taking every Tulane over because of that. So, you know, it's at least uh, yep. thinking that this is a good spot yep. for the over. So, A grade over 158 in some afternoon basketball going to all the way to the late night here, 9 p.m. Eastern, Illinois, Missouri. This will be your, uh, your game of the day, your most interesting game. This is an annual contest that they host in St. Louis. And in this case, just took an over. We're going to take an under. These two teams have been a little bit, especially Missouri to me, has been much more of an under surprise than, than I thought. I think we came into the season kind of thinking more they'd be a little more fast-paced, better on offense and defense. We were on some of the Missouri overs earlier in the season, but as the season's going along, they're playing pretty slow and measured. Um, their defense is about as good as the offense. Illinois, of course, has a great defense. The pace will be a little bit faster just because of uh, Illinois, but the fact that they have such a good defense gives us a good shot at this under the average number of points in the college basketball games this year is hovering around 144. And so 
Southern thinks maybe a little bit above average, not quite as much as the market though. Under 150 and a half is a B grade pick. And cousin Jared, 151 would get us to an A grade. So this is a B plus pick. If you can find a 151 out there, then that would be A grade territory. But whether you're on the B plus side or the A minus side, we talk about some of the thresholds here are kind of arbitrary. The bottom line is as long as you're getting a decent number here, right? Or, you know, 150, 150 and a half, 151, you're getting some good value as the probability that stays in the 140s is greater than getting into the 150s. What are your thoughts? I have been impressed with what I have seen from the Illinois defense so far. Uh, I, I, I've been impressed with what I've seen, but also I'm still a little bit surprised at their number 11. Uh, I, you just, you see the offense rated number 35 and definitely you're like, okay, well that feels right for Illinois, but seeing that a defense uh, rated number 11 was definitely a, a little bit surprising. I feel like I am, I have a connotation in my mind that Missouri is a, a faster paced team. I know that's how they played a few years ago, but they have now backed that down to a, to where they are a little below average. I really think that that pace of Missouri combined with the defense of Illinois is what is going to make this go under because obviously any way that you slice it, um, Illinois is going to have uh, a, an advantage when Missouri has the ball. I really think that, the, like I said, the combination of that Missouri pace and Illinois' defense is really going to be enough to slow them down there. Also with, with Illinois, they have played some um, good offenses so far this season, and they have – it seems when they have played those better offenses is when they have been at their their best defensively. So uh, Colgate, slow team, good offense, held Colgate to 57 points, held Marquette to, to 71 points. That game ended up having 135 points. Uh, Oakland, we know Oakland likes to has a pretty good offense. You know, we took the over when they played Xavier, when Oakland uh, beat Xavier. Uh, Illinois held Oakland to, to 53 points. So um, held Rutgers to 58 points. It's just any any way that you slice it. Illinois has, in their biggest game, played their their best defense. They had one neutral court game against Florida Atlantic where Florida Atlantic likes to get up and down the court. We've kind of talked about that a lot this year. It's easier to um, you know speed teams up than, than slow them down for the most part. Uh, Missouri's not going to be trying to speed any, anything up here. So uh, I like this under as well, and this is mostly just because of Illinois' uh, defense. I, I really like what I've seen from them. I always like when we look at the model and the, and the metrics kind of spit out something and we're like, oh, like I knew they were good. I didn't quite realize they were that good or vice versa yeah. on the flip side yeah. of that, right? I knew they were bad. I didn't realize they were that bad. Yeah. And you are, the thing I would want to say about that is I, I'm not trying, whether it's for this or, or football or baseball, I'm not trying to indicate specifically that Illinois is the 11th best defense. What we're saying is that the model is projecting them there. All models are wrong. So it's not to say like we're definitively saying they are 11th. It's just saying using this more directionally correct, right? To kind of say like they're maybe top 10, they're probably top 20, solidly top 15, right? Somewhere in that ballpark, which is obviously very, very good. And so th these metrics here are not meant to be argued with. And I mean that because I'm not going to argue that they're perfectly right. You're not going to get an argument out of me, right? Yeah. It's more so just kind of saying, hey, this is what one system is saying about them and if you want to use other systems and kind of compare as well that's totally fine and maybe you know when when we have an outlier with one of them maybe that means we're wrong maybe it means it's we're picking up on something and it's just something to dive into and think about right you can kind of go as deep yeah. as you want to this or not or just use this as a rounding error kind of hey they're in that ballpark I mean, there's kind of a lot of ways to look at this but however you want to slice it the models thinking that illinois defense is very very good and as you talk about with these following mostly a bell-shaped distribution 
as a lot of things in the world do, when we get the, the difference between 35th and 11th, and you can see it on screen, right? Given, you know, average is 100. Illinois' office is 21 points. Not, and it's not points. It's 21 units, right? There's no unit on this. So it, it's, it's, it's standardized, right? But 21 whatevers above average, but their defense is 30 whatevers below average. And the idea being, I can convert this to points, and I have it in points, but we don't have to talk about that specifically. The point being the defense is, is you know, 50% better than the offense is good. Right. And, and that's uh, quite a difference. Whereas Missouri, yeah, Missouri has a better offense and defense, but you can see it's 15 versus 13. It's a lot closer. And so Missouri is much more balanced than Illinois. It's got a great offense for sure, but a fantastic defense. And you pointed it out with how, what, how low they've held teams to a team like Missouri with that sort of pace. Like yep. it's just going to have to get hot for them to score yep. a bunch of points, which is always possible. Uh, yep. But this seems like a number that is too high under 150 and a half. B grade pick in the most interesting game of the night and that's going to take us cousin jared to i'm just going to call this the cousin jared special i mean this is a trash <laughs> ball game between a really really good team and eh, not a great team i mean they're a lot yeah. worse uh, yeah. about 100 according to the model <laughs> but i mean this is going to be one-sided mm-hmm. the probability that byu wins this game according to something is 99 we often say there are no locks in gambling uh i mean this is you're getting about as close to a lock as possible i do not think a single 99 percenter has lost yet this year in college basketball it might happen if it does it'll just be once iowa last year was the 199 plus percenter that mm. lost but for the most part you don't that was iowa East, eastern illinois i believe it was yeah, uh, yeah so those things happen but i mean in general byu should run away with this game the only question is by how much silence is by 29.1 i feel like laying the lumber with byu cousin jared i feel like that's been your thing am i wrong yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, this BYU team, until like just any way that that you want to slice it, and, and I mean that literally. Um, BYU playing at home is has just been on another level. Um, yeah. The only thing that I can feel like I can compare this to recently is kind of the exact opposite of like Houston, maybe the past couple of years. And Virginia, you know, I don't know, let's say five, six, seven, eight years ago, when those defenses were just going to smother you. And it was going to be the ugliest, low scoring game that you have ever seen. BYU. You were going to be that, try, you were going to be dying to get to 40 points, would have been lucky. Yes. Yes. A lot of it, yes. And BYU is just the opposite. As impressive as those defensive performances from Houston and, and uh, Virginia were. This BYU team is just when they're playing at home, just just points like the points just rain down like manna from the heavens. Uh, it's just like absolutely unbelievable. Um, I feel like this is going to go like every other BYU home game this season where they have clearly outmatched the opponent and they have won those games by. I like literally these numbers are too big for me to do the mental math. They've won by 47. They've won by 43. Uh, they've won by 29. They've won by 40. Good Lord. They, they, they just continue 32. Uh, they have just won by these insane numbers against teams just like Bellarmine. Yeah. I mean, some, it's been, some a little, some a little better, some a little worse, like, but yeah, not yeah. drastically different. I mean, in the same yes. And, and so I feel I just feel like this is going to be like every other BYU game. The final score is going to end up being like 
90 to 60 or, or something like mm-hmm. that. And so I just, a, until this train stops, I, I'm rolling with laying the points with BYU and in general, just BYU scoring points at home. It, it seems to be, you, there is no locks, but I'm rolling with it until I proven otherwise. Hey, and it's never a bad idea, especially when you've already been making money off of it. It's, it's a little bit easier to pull the trigger. The, the model gives us a C grade, and I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Number one, it gives it a C grade because as we talked about, as we get further away from zero, the value gets smaller and smaller, the value of each point, because the distribution of possible outcomes spreads out a little bit. And so because of that, you end up with, you know, it, it, more random outcomes, you know, where some of those random outcomes you mentioned are BYU by 47, but also that opens up more random outcomes like BYU by 21, right? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, uh, you end up with just a little bit less value compared to other games across the board. But we don't play very many B or C grades and we don't play them that much lower than A grades. We just don't play them very often anyway. And that's kind of the purpose of the show is to just to say, hey, here's something that we're finding value in that isn't just your kind of autoplay. And we think, yeah. you know, if some people out there are playing every game or they're using the model in different ways, and again, that's great, however people are using it. But we're just going to here to call out this one and say, yeah, this is one that may not make your radar when you look at all the picks that we have, if you're with us over on Dub Club. Um, but one that even though it's a big number and not the most valuable, according to the model, we still really like this because the model is going to have a hard time figuring out some of these outlier teams, these outlier games. And, and this is a game that's one of those, right? When you project yep. something out in the mid to upper 20s, um, part of the projection has to do with pace, as in if you're X points better than another team, it's X points per possession. And so if Virginia and North Texas are playing, we know there will be fewer possessions. And so that's going to manifest itself a little bit differently in a faster paced game. And so there's just a lot of things going into this to get to that BYU by 29.1. And the bottom line is, uh, I'm kind of like you, if the model says even lean BYU, it's worth a shot at this yeah, point, yeah, exactly. given just how good they are. You talked about the home court edge, the altitude there. Uh, that's more minimized when they're playing, you know, next year, potentially when they're playing a team like Utah in, in a conference game, um, you know, in the Big 12 or, or, or Colorado or, yeah. or whatever. But uh, uh, this year in the Big 12, it's going to yeah. be and not a single one of those teams is going to be used to that elevation. And so yeah, they're yeah. a team that absolutely might run the table at home. And then they've just yeah. got to survive as much as they can in the gauntlet of that conference. They're an incredible team. Part of that by 29.1 has to do with their defense, which you didn't even talk about number 14 in the country. It's a really good defense. This BYU team is loaded. And, and, yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's yeah, like, I mean, I feel like I could just, you know, wax rhapsodic about how good BYU is, but that is also part of, the thing is that like their defense is so good. Their offense is going to score a ton of points. Their defense isn't going to give up that, that many. Um, And and so like, it is definitely a a combination of of factors there. Uh, To your point, feel bad for the BYU defense. Super good. Not going to get talked about enough. Uh, (laughs) No, no respect basically. And and I'm going to, I'm going to try to do my best Jake impersonation here, which I'm I'm thinking what's happening is that pressure BYU defense forcing a lot of turnovers gets them points quickly in transition. And that's exactly what we're looking for here, right? We're looking for those turnovers, three on twos. They convert those amazingly points quickly. And that builds that lead. And that's how they, that's how they turn. That's how you win by 40. Otherwise it's hard to win by a number that big, unless you just dominate every single possession, but those quick points off turnovers fuel that that really good defense we know their offense is great they're a fun team to watch we're gonna lay the 26 with them only a secret pick but we think worth being on your card and as a reminder as you see that 
a recap there with those picks that we've got here. We have a bunch of other A-grade picks on Dub Club. If you're not there yet, time is running out. Get the best deal here that you're going to get for the rest of the year. $10 off your first month locking in the current prices. So everyone else pays more next year, but that won't be you. Uh, so join, get all the metrics, all the sheets, all the picks, all the A grades, B grades, overs, unders, Discord chat, all sorts of goodies over there on Dub Club. Cousin Jared, any parting words before we head over to the land of college bubbles? You need to be with us for college football. Uh, there are a lot of players out, a lot of things changing, mm. people entering the transfer portal. Uh, our friend, the professor here, has spent the time to look up every player that is out of the game, make our best estimate for those that we do not know, mm. best educated guess for mm. those we are not 100% sure on. Puts that all into the model, shakes it all up, sees what comes out. Um, mm. He's done a lot of research here. Even if you feel like you have an edge on these games, come watch us, listen to us mm. on the College Football Show because – we put in a lot of effort for this player-based mm -hmm. model to make sure we have the right players in and the right players out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love some of the edges that we have on this yeah. set of bowl games coming up here. Uh, yeah. One's about to kick here Thursday night, but then the Friday night, the Saturday games, I love some of these edges. I love, I look at some of the market things and I'm like, I can totally tell you exactly why we're having edges. Cause the market's like, all oh, these guys are out and the model's like, I didn't even think those guys were playing anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, or vice yeah. versa. The, yeah. the market's like, Oh, who cares about these guys out in the models? Like, no, that really matters y'all. And so I, we're getting some yeah. great, and just you never know what's going to happen in an end of one, like we always say with every pick. But, you know, if, if these games play out anything like on average what they should, I think we're going to have a great weekend of college football ahead. Great weekend of college basketball ahead before we take a little bit of a break there. Uh, so the shows are dwindling here uh, around this time. But then come after Christmas, they'll be back steady and strong, hopefully. So uh, yeah. we'll uh, do our best to get through these this next week of lean sports yeah, uh yeah. so again watch the college football show watch the nfl show we got a lot of content for you and again picks on everything and discussion on nhl we'll probably have some soccer discussion and ufc discussion who the heck knows what other discussions we'll have over on discord and if you want to get access to that dub club is the place to be otherwise though thanks for watching we'll see y'all later mm -hmm.